And I right away was like, whoa, 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 Ron, right here. And he's like, yeah, we're done, right? And off goes Hank, and Hank's like, I'm out of here. And so I said, yeah, put him up. You got to finish this. We're not done, done with the, you know, we're done, but we're not done. Hey guys, another podcast here. This is from one of our recent handlers workshops. Jeremy's diving into what you should be doing leading up to your training session with your dog and just as importantly, how you end that training session. Hope you enjoy it. I don't know who wrote that article and I'd be more curious about how is he influencing and changing the, the, the idea of how we should warm up for basketball. Like, that's my first thought. So my first thought has nothing to do with the idea of is layups good or bad? It's who's the guy that's saying that it is good or bad and why? And what is his background? So there's some, I gotta have some, I wanna, I, I would be curious about that. The second part about it is that we've just got into this conversation about a relatively opinionated conversation about the value of warmups at basketball. And it was layups. We talked, we focused on layups, layups, layups. Now, why it touched on lots of different other things. I'm, I think we should be working on passing. I think we should be working on this, this, and this. I think the layups is one drill. I look at layups, and I, my thought with it is, is, you know, you guys are talking about, well, it's a confidence builder. It's something that you shoot a lot of these in the basket, in a, in a game. You do shoot them in a game. Now, are you, are you doing them at the same speed of a game? That comes back to accountability of, do you play at, game speed. I don't think the warm-ups in a basketball game when they come out, I don't think that's to become a better basketball player. I think it's to get in this physical and mental connection to the game of basketball. And I don't think you come out running. I don't think when we can change the sport. Let's talk about runners. Are there runners in here? You're a runner. You're a runner. You run some. I, I, I tried it once. Uh, so but runners don't come out and start running. Runners work their way up to running. So if, if the article says, well, you shouldn't do a certain type of prep or stretch for running because that doesn't, that's not like you do when you're running. The idea is not, I'm not so much talking specifically about layups versus warmups. Layups is part of warmups, I think. Tyler Colston is the one who just did it. Does anybody know who Tyler Colston is in the basketball world? Like, I'd have to search him out. I don't know who he is. But I want you to read it. Huh? I want you to read it. I, I can't read it, no. But, so the idea with this warm-up is I think we before we go shed hunting, whether we're shed hunting as a group here as a training thing or not, Every time I go out to work with Callie before, this is the part you don't see on Callie's series. You don't see that when I come out with Callie, prior to us getting to where we're gonna start the drill, the drill started long ago. We came out under control. When we're done with that drill, you don't see the finish. The dog doesn't go run around and, and willy-nilly do what it wants to do. Most of the people that I work with, that, train, that we train with, 
they come out of the kennel ready to do the drill, wanting to do the drill, the people. And they finish it with, I'm done. Out wherever it is that they made the last thing that they did in the field. And so the pre-drill and the post-drill completely do not prepare for the drill and allow everything that you achieved in the drill to just wither away. We, when we hold conditioned at your place, it's a good example. When, the first time I went to his place to hold condition, we did a session in his shop. And then when we got done, we were talking. Because like, we, were, we were talking about like, there was converse, more conversation probably than work being done with Hank. So ex about hold conditioning. And when we got done, instantly, Ron put Hank down and then we continued to talk and Hank had the ability to go through the shop. He had the ability to go out of the shop. The door was open. And, and, I, and I right away was like, whoa, 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 Ron, right here. And he's like, yeah, we're done, right? And off goes Hank and Hank's like, I'm out of here. And so I said, yeah, put him up. You got to finish this. We're not done, done with the, you know, we're done, but we're not done. And so that is like, more, I see more people doing that. Uh, Brian Urban, when he comes to my house, he knows now better. But like when we first started working together, when we're done with the session, like I don't even think he remembers that he's got a dog there. <laughs> and, and I go, this just took a good session and let it vaporize and go away. Because the amount of good stuff that actually happened, if you're retaining, if you're retaining 10 to 20% of it because of the way you let it melt away. Now that's the end. The beginning I think is important too because I think we gotta like, instead of calling our walk up layups, if you don't like layups, then cut layups out. But don't cut out warm ups. So, you know, my argument with the layup thing is like, I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're physically, to me the idea of warming up is like warm up your muscles so that you can stretch. And to me, a dribbling drill and a passing drill doesn't allow that player to stretch out, warm up, get a little bit of a I like to get a little sweat going. If, you, if I didn't get a good sweat going in warm-ups, and then I went into a game and started playing, without a good sweat, like the first three or four minutes of the game, something happened in my body where I literally felt like I had concrete boots on. Like I literally, I just, it, it was, someone told me once what it was, but it's be, I didn't like, when you start running, this is the same for me when I used to run. The first mile was the hardest mile by far. I wasn't sweating. I really wasn't stretched out. Even though I tried to stretch out before I ran, I stretched out cold. So once I started working those muscles and they started to warm up, mine got real tight and I needed to stretch it out again. So before I even started my run, I should have warmed up and stretched. But what I would do is I'd, I'd try to stretch, probably stretch cold or whatever, then I'd run, and then about three quarters of a mile into it, just on the verge of me starting to break a sweat, I'd be really tight and I'd go, I have to stop and re-stretch. And all of a sudden, as soon as I started going again, I was like, ooh, it's a lot easier now. And then all of a sudden, I started to feel the first beads of sweat rolling down. And it was hard for me, Ben was making fun of me for my lack of cardio. My, my breathing was hard, I was, I was really sucking gas. And then all of a sudden, I started to sweat, and I started to get into a little bit of a rhythm of running. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I'd hit a mile and a half to two miles, and I'd go, I don't eat, I could run forever. I felt like my body was like, the sweat's just dripping off me. It's like when I take sauna. 
When I take sauna, I don't sweat until I hit 140 degrees. I don't even think about sweating until I hit 140 degrees. I usually go in a little bit before that. And I sit in that sauna and I sit there and I'm just, it's warm, but I'm not sweating. And I start thinking, let's go, let's go, let's go. And all of a sudden I start to feel the beads of sweat on the top of my head. Now, sauna is more my type of a workout these days. <laughs> it is, it counts as a workout, gets your heart rate up. But you sit there and literally just wait to start feeling the sweat. And when you start feeling the sweat, I can tell you right now, I can look at the thermometer and it just hit 140. Now it used to be 130 for me. Now it's 140 before I sweat. I keep doing it, it'll be 150 before I sweat. 160. That's why I can't take sauna every day. Like some people do, but uh, me it's twice a week and it allows me to like maintain that temperature range. I'm not uncomfortable at 190. Like 190 plus, I'm uncomfortable. So my sweet spot is that 140 to 190 range and like 160, the second session and the third session feels like 130 but my body still sweats. So like, I think there's this idea of when we're gonna go out and work the dogs, we're gonna shed hunt this morning, but before we do that, I don't wanna just go shed hunt because if I'm gonna go out and train at my house, this is the, one of the things that we're trying to get out of this weekend is for you, to, for you to understand our approach when it comes to working with our dogs. Like I don't have any set drills in my mind right now. I have some skills that I think we need to work on based on what I saw yesterday. And so from that, we'll, we'll break it down and go, we need to do this, this, and this. And what drills can we do? So like walk up is a nice layered drill that we can make it as simple as just heel in a line. In back in the day at the foundation workshop, it was heel with two people. Remember when we started? We couldn't line everybody up and be in, in line. So we broke down into smaller groups and then you walked with a second person and then you took the two twos and you added the two twos together to have four. Then you took the fours and you added with the next group and you had eight and then we went eight to 16. And then all of a sudden we had the whole group walking together. But it, our warm up for that was one person heal by yourself, two people heal together and we just slowly kept, and then, and then we got good at it and felt real good about ourselves. And then we started throwing dummies. And then we let the wheels come off. And then we started to piece that back together. We saw that a little bit yesterday. We saw some get no, we saw some that han would have handled that no problem. We could have added another layer. I could have shot a dummy launcher. I could have rolled some tennis balls across the line. Like I can continue to add layers and layers and layers on top of this to the point that if we had, you know, here's a big one off lead. I, I really think someday we will do a workshop where everybody heals their dog off lead and does a walk up. Someday we'll get there. But, but like Brian said, it's not gonna come from us practicing it as a group during walk up once a year. It's gonna come from everybody going home and working on becoming a better shooter and shooting a thousand shots every third day on their own, which takes a lot of accountability because no one's watching and you don't get any, nobody tells you you're doing a good job. No one tells you, nice work, way to get in, way to get that extra rep. It, it, take, it requires me to say, it, sometimes it's a bump from somebody. You know, uh, who were we talking about that had, it was someone we were talk, I was talking with yesterday about having somebody to train with, which was the big key for them to keep doing it. I, I don't know if it was here or if it was somewhere else that I was talking about. The, these guys, Ben and Caden, 
will come to me and go and send me a text message by about a little afternoon. They'll send me a text message. When are we filming Cali? Oh, almost forgot. We got to get that in before those guys go home. That's a reminder to me of I got to go do it. These guys are on me about it. If I didn't have them, would I work with her? Yeah, for sure. Would I get every? Would I get a couple? Would I miss a few opportunities to train? Yeah, for sure. Because I would go. Oh, I can't today. I can't today because of this or this. We all have those reasons to not do it. Now we're all here, so we're all like, yeah, let's train, let's train, let's train. It's the total opposite of what the real world is. So that's why we're trying to get this balance of like this and then train and this and then train and this and then train. But I think the warm up, regardless of if we're doing layups in it or not, is 100% necessary. So think about this when you're home working now with your dogs. What's your warm up going to be? Calculate it. Make sure you have it. Um, the, the idea of training in a circle, a cyclical idea. Now that, that I think encompasses like some deeper stuff of like things that counter skills. You do work on something in the beginning and then you move to something else and then you work on the opposite of what you started in the beginning. I think that's a big part of that circle training. But I also think that the warm up is also part of it. And now all of a sudden we're talking about like just getting a session in with our dogs. It's not, I think a lot of times people are really good actually at the accountability of I always get my sessions in. It's just your sessions are not as beneficial because you don't put enough thought into the process of why and how you're going to do it. So we have to challenge ourselves a little bit more of some people are notebook people and have the schedule of what they want to do over the week and they follow their outline pretty closely. I don't have time for that. So, but I'm also not willy nilly of like, I'm just gonna go out in the field and work on something. It should make some logical sense. And so today we're gonna to shed hunt, which is gonna give us you know, real life opportunity to do it. But before that, I wanna warm us up because I don't want Drew to go into the woods with Hank and not be able to get him to come back. And I saw yesterday that that could come up. So the chances, let's reduce, let's minimize that by having some really good connection building out here as a warm up. And then we'll move into the woods. And I think your chances of having success in the woods are a lot greater if you do that. You know, and, and it doesn't, like we have to be, become efficient with our training and go, I know where I'm going to do my drill, so how do I get something out of it on the way to there? I mean, we could do the walk up on the way to the woods, which is what we'll probably do. So we'll go walk up, then we'll shed hunt. And then, then we'll get to some points when we're shed hunting and we'll, we'll stop and we'll talk about specifically some shed stuff. And that won't be a break in the hunt or, or in the training. That will be a stopping point to, to reset the dog. That'll be one of those, and, and, and that's the idea of like, I thought about yesterday's training and I thought, boy, of all the time we were out there, we were out there for a couple hours. It went pretty fast. We were out there for a couple hours and of that time, there was a lot, awful lot of time where we were down, not doing anything. But I actually think that that was probably the most beneficial thing for Da Vinci, were those moments when we stopped doing stuff and just talked and Da Vinci settled. But then as soon as we started doing stuff again, that was a real like ignition. We lit the fuse on them there. 
So if we get, if we are real consistent with the idea of we do something and then we stop doing something and we do something and we stop doing something, the dog will start to realize that it's going to happen again. Just wait. It's the patience part of it. So we're going to, like today going forward, we're going to take breaks to give mental, mental breaks and physical breaks to the dogs and us. But really, that's not a break. That's just part of the day. That's part of the training. Today is going to be one giant circle of training. That'll be lots of on, lots of off. And some dogs need more off than on right now. Some dogs could use more, are ready to do more on than off. And that's where we're going to have to like pick that apart.